This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my close pal, the man with the plan, the one and only. The one and only. John Malika. But Yo, before you ask John how he's day. doing. Draft, draft day, Alex. NBA Finals, Alex. A whole different character. I love it. Oh, yeah, baby. All the basketball. Give me all the basketball. <laughs> all the basketball is what I need in my life to keep me happy. And the Yankees doing well. That's right, Greg. I said the Yankees, not the Mets. The Yankees. Before we ask John how he's doing and not caring about the New York Mets. Everybody, you know what it is. If you listen to this podcast and you haven't already subscribed, please make sure to do so. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. We will read it because we greatly appreciate it. If you don't know, now you do know. We're also part of Fansided and Minute Media. Okay, we partnered with them. So you can find us on the Daily Knicks or the Jet Press. So we're on the interwebs, if you haven't gotten that gist. We're also on YouTube. Nick's comment, Jets comment, ETC, Perry, no one writes out, et cetera. That's just wild. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit the like button. Leave a comment. Add to the conversation. The Chris Persiani video is up. Draft takes. Everyone's enjoying the draft takes. We appreciate that you guys are loving the draft takes and adding to the conversation. I love everyone's thoughts, whether it's going to be trading up to go get Jaden Ivey, whether it's trying to get A.J. Griffin. Everyone's comments, we appreciate them. We love the inside. We see who you guys really want. It's between a wing or Jaden and Ivey. That's what I'm getting right now, a wing or Jaden Ivey. Don't worry. This episode, our guest that we got on today, oh, yeah, get ready for some of these takes. While you're also over there at the YouTube channel, we got into the podcast, Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg. Our guy and co-host, Chip Murphy. These guys go through every sport and give you their takes if you got to place a bet. So if you need to put money down on the line, these guys got you covered. NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, PGA. All right? These guys got you covered. Canadian Open. Yo, Chip killed the Canadian Open, man. Canadian Open, man. Chip Chip is plugged into these games. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. golf, man. It's fantastic. It's perfect. I need to go golfing with Chip. Chip, do you actually golf, man? I got to find these. I, these, are, these, are, these are answers I need. They're also partnering with Minute Media. So if you can't find them, you don't want to go to the YouTube page because you're at work or you're somewhere. So you can go find the download podcast as well on all audio listening platforms as well. And then last and certainly not least, follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Now, sorry to all the Mets fans out there that are tuning in. We love and appreciate you, except for you, Greg. <laughs> anyway, John, how you doing, bro? How you feeling? So much Greg slander, man. <laughs> uh, I'm doing great, man. As you said, the Yankees and the Mets are killing it. Uh, honestly, nobody saw this coming from either squad. So life is fantastic. On that point, some uh, you know, Girardi gets fired. Angels are stinking it up because of Matt- and Madden gets fired. I mean, things are going pretty good for Yankees land. Obviously, I'm burying the lead because the Rangers. 
They lost. Unfortunately, season's over. So I'm not going to watch the Stanley Cup finals, but I am, you know, like that one I open kind of deal. So that's going to be fun. But it's good, man. I'm, I'm hyped. I can't believe that this NBA draft is coming up because the NBA finals, I feel like, just started. Right? We're recording right before game five. And like 79% of the time, whoever wins game five wins a series. So, I mean, I feel like the, I feel like the series is just about to start. Best of three, NBA draft. I'm hyped, man. I'm hyped. How are you? I'm doing well, man. As you said, we got the NBA finals tonight. It's going to be crazy. Baseball is going well for both teams. I mean, let me tell you something. You want to know what's great? Since I live out here in Boston and uh, Yankees beat the Angels, uh, the Angels decided to beat the Red Sox. Oh, man. It so is a great good. feeling. It's so great. It's a great, it's a great feeling. We absolutely great feeling. We absolutely murdered the Cubs this week. Yankees are killing everybody. If you're, if you're, if you're up, if you're up next, it's over. I love it. I'm loving it. And you know who else loves it? We got a phenomenal guest who's also a Yankees fan. He's here to help us break down the draft. I, I'm glad I get to call this man a colleague. I get, I'm glad we get to call this guy a friend. All right. Recurring we, we guest. Need recurring guest. We need, we need his draft expertise. He is the, Draft dude over at KnicksFanTV.com. So if you haven't checked out some of his articles over there, please make sure to do so. It's I'm, I'm bearing the lead over here. It's our guy, Jeffrey Campbell. How you doing, Jeff? How you feeling today, bro? How you feeling? I'm doing great, man. What an introduction and transition. I am uh, very honored to be in the company of such esteemed gentlemen such as yourselves. And uh, <laughs> very, very thankful for you guys having me on. I can also confirm that one Chip Murphy does, in fact, golf. Okay, there we go. So, Chip, you and I, we got to play around in golf. And not only is he John's co-host, he's also Jeff's co-host. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are back at it, potting again. It's true. He's all yeah, over the place, this guy, Chip. He's all over the place, this guy. Chip is everywhere, man. Chip Chip is legitimately the all over the place critic. on the internet. The couch critic. <laughs> you know what I found out? I found out that Chip used to write for... SB Nation's uh, Memphis Grizzlies site. Mm-hmm. And that's how he knows uh, Joe Molinax, Joe. Who, who, who's a recent guest on this podcast, given the insight of uh, Tyus Jones. So if you want to check that art, uh, pod out, if you still are interested in Tyus Jones, that's still, that's still out there in the interwebs. So Chip has been all over the place. We really talk about Chip a lot on the show. And Chip, yeah, I got Chip back on here. But let's get back down to business. Jeff, draft stuff. We were talking, well, I was just eavesdropping as I was getting my, my, my setup ready and, and I was listening to you and John have this conversation. And honestly, my ears jumped when I heard that you said you would do this, but the rumors have been swirling around. Will the Knicks trade up to number four? And you have a plan to trade up to number four. Would you like to tell the listeners that plan on trading up to number four? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I'll, I'll preface this by saying it's not a foolproof plan. I was just talking to John and, and, uh, guy that we obviously know, Chris Percy Einan, who's been doing a bang up job with all his draft coverage, had Mark Berman on recently. And, uh, you know, Berman was kind of, and I'll paraphrase a little bit here, essentially just said, you know, Nick's, Nick's Twitter would, you know, uh, freak out if Emmanuel quickly was included in a trade to get to the number four spot in order to select Jaden Ivy. But Berman was kind of saying, you know, this is, this is what I would do. 
And, and Chris kind of pushed back and said, well, you know, we don't really know what, what um, quickly is going to be yet. You know, I'm not really sure if that's a, a great idea, but listen, man, I'm, I'm here to say that if that is what it takes, if you tell me that the 11th overall pick and Emmanuel quickly is going to get me Jaden Ivy, I'm doing that so fast. I, I can't even, I, I, I feel very strongly and, um, Based on just the amount of film that I've watched on Jaden Ivey, people I've talked to, Derek Murray, who Alex, I know you've, I think, at least run into. Um, he's been a guest on Knicks Fan TV. There's talk that Jaden Ivey is not just a top four pick, but there was points during the college basketball season where people were saying he should maybe be the number one overall draft pick. We know that there's been um, some talk that he might go as high as two in this draft pick, it seems as of right now, what are we, June 13th? It seems that as of right now, Jabari Smith is a pretty safe bet to be the number overall selection when the Orlando Magic are on the clock. But when it gets to OKC, we don't really know what's going to happen yet. And I, and I think Jaden Ivey could be the pick. I say all of that to say, I think this kid is going to be really special. I think the baseline for him is... The over-under is two and a half, maybe three all-star appearances. I, I think he's got incredible talent. Sure, there's questions, but he's an electrifying player. I just don't know how else we're going to get that, whether it's through free agency trade. And if you're telling me that number 11 and, and Emmanuel quickly, and dude, I, I love IQ. I really do, but I'm, I'm definitely doing that. John. I gotta ask you, man. Do you I, I, do you like Jaden Ivey, man? How do you feel about Jaden Ivey as a player? I love Jaden Ivey. I I I think he's a great basketball player. But first of all, I don't think uh, I don't think our pick and and quickly just by that itself even jumps us up to number four. Like, let me just start there. I don't even think that's enough. I agree. So what scares me and what we were talking about is it, it's not so much as Emmanuel quickly being traded is going to upset, is going to upset me. It's the fact that we're going to be pushing all of our chips in for Jaden Ivy, right? So we're going to get rid of IQ and we're going to get an upgrade there hypothetically, right? I mean, we have to at least get that upgrade. We're going to be losing our pick technically. We're going to lose at least another asset or two. And then at the end of the day, our GM is on the clock. Our head coach is on the clock. So if they don't perform this year, they're going to get fired. And then we're now in year two of Ivy with no, with no real assets, you know, to build around this team. And I, I guess that's what really scares me, man. It's a gambling. Like, and we are the New York Knicks. We are, we are a poverty franchise at the end of the day. I know not valuation wise, but basketball wise, we're a poverty franchise. And so it scares me to gamble for a hypothetical all-star, which he could be great. But let me, like, let me ask you a question. If this was, you know, the year of RJ Barrett, right? And John Morant and Zion. And you're sitting here and forget, forget the RJ thing and just say we're in the same spot and we have to trade up for number four for John Morant. Would you do that? Would you trade IQ number four and some picks for John Morant? Cause I, I wouldn't, I guess you're nodding your head, Jeff, but I'm not doing that. Like that John Morant was amazing in college. He was, you know, he's good in the NBA. He has, he has the style. He has 
He's he's fighting a little bit with the, with the analytics, so I won't say he has all the advanced analytics on his side, but he has he has like you know the the grit on his side. Let's just say, I wouldn't do that. I think that would be a losing trade for the Knicks. So that's what scares me. Jaden Ivey's great, IQ is great, but I, I don't know. I, I personally, I'm not doing. I'm not pulling that trigger. I don't have the cojones to pull that trigger this year. Just because of where everyone's standing. But as I was also mentioning, if I'm Leon Rose, and I don't, I'm not going to spend 30 million on Jalen Rose, whatever the athletic evaluated him on today, whatever that number is. So I'm sure, you know, his agent's hyped about that. And they know, if they know they're not going to be here for two years, if they don't fix it right now, why not trade a couple picks? You know what I mean? Like, why not just gamble? Because you have to. So I don't know, man. I, personally, I'm not doing it. What do you think? See, for me, I feel like for uh for Leon Rose, I feel like he has to be given one more chance after Tibbs too, right? Like he can't just be like, all right, Tibbs stu- sucks, clear the entire house. That's a good I feel point. like that's a, I feel like that's that's a little too too much. So he will have another chance to be here to watch at least another year or so, depending on the coach and how well that coach does. If they decide to make that type of move for Jaden Ivey, I. And with you, John, where I'm hesitant to make that type of move, like trading a young player and assets. However, if it was just assets, I would be okay with moving up to go get Jay and Ivy. Just a bunch I, of picks, no problem. Yeah, not. I'm not trying to move. I'm not trying to move players. I'm not trying to move a ton of assets. But if you told me I had to go trade two, three draft picks to go move up to go get Jaden Ivy. Right. And maybe some other deal, deal, depending on what it is, like so another player, maybe like a role player, whoever it may be. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. It's, un, it's unrealistic. And I think to Jeff's point where it says it's like half baked is that we don't know what OKC would do next. We have no idea. So if you trip to four, you're, you're gambling saying you're thinking that Jay and Ivy is going to drop, but he could be gone before that. So I'm that's a question. I'm it's a whole, it's a whole tough. Okay. Like, do, do, if they do. Take Ivy. Like, what would be more? Okay, let me phrase this better. What would be more expensive? Trading for Ivy, just the, that pick, or them drafting Ivy and us trading for SGA? I think us trading for SGA would be a little yeah. more expensive because the contract, you have to match that contract. You have to match the contract. And SGA is already a proven player in this league. Like, he, that, that kid has all star potential. But I also just, think IQ has has all star potential. That, that you know that that that's where I, I that's where I, I I kind of agree with Berman. Am I allowed to say that out loud? <laughs> that's where I agree with Berman. Where I, I don't I like IQ, man. I, I, to be honest with you, we can we can trade IQ for a better asset. That's what I think of IQ. Like IQ is that good. You know what I mean? Like IQ is on the table when you talk superstar coming to the Knicks. IQ is the first player on the on the board. You know what I mean? I don't want to trade him for a rookie. I don't. I don't know. That's just no. That may and that look. That's yeah. that's totally fair because you're looking to get. Because if you're trading IQ, and this is my thing, you're trading IQ, who's more established for someone that's not established, but you're taking a high, a massive swing on a, a lot of upside, right? Not say, and Jay and I we should be fine in the NBA. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I don't think he'd be anything like that. But is you're trading. You know that these are all the questions where it's like. Will he? It's like we see guys who are like it's, it. It goes to like 
I'm not saying he is. Uh, he doesn't have the injury history like Zion, but it goes to like Zion, right? Like you see three years uh, already out of Zion, two years, he hasn't really done much, right? He's missed this entire season. His rookie season, he missed about 60 some odd games. And then he played majority of his second year. But is he an all-star caliber player? Absolutely. Are you, are you sure that you're getting that from him? It's like the, all these question marks, but it'd just be different for Jay and Ivy because he hasn't established himself yet. So I understand that. I understand that point. But once again, I'd still trade assets to go get him. I think the thing that I'm finding this draft where if we stay at 11, and this is where I like the AJ Griffin talk is that if you draft AJ Griffin, there's a higher upside that he could become an all-star player himself, but be a baseline like three and D guy. Cause you know, he's a good shooter, right? I'd rather do that and stay safe while take it. I'd rather take a swing on a guy who has a lot of upside later in the draft than moving a lot of assets because this is still a rebuilding team. Like we're still a young team. We don't have a lot of guys who are established on here yet. So I'd rather just not trade a lot of assets yet and still see what we got here and figure out who that nucleus is going to be around RJ Barrett. How do you feel about that, Jeff? (laughs) Jeff has some thoughts on Ivy and the all-star. I know that. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, um, you know, you mentioned AJ Griffin, uh, and, uh, I would love for him. I, yeah, I just don't think he'll be there at 11, you know, when, when the Knicks are, even though uh, he has the best odds right now to be a Nick. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I, I mean, I guess if he makes it to 11, then to me, what you're telling me is that either teams are very scared because of the lower body injury history or, something has gone awry in the interviews or the workouts, the Portland workout that I saw looked pretty good. I I didn't hear anything negative about it. Um, I don't know, man. He's six, six great wingspan, two twenty plus hard for me to believe shot over 42% from three, um, really reliable shooter, you know, really early on with Duke struggled, but, um, really came around in a, in a big way. I, I don't think he'll be there. But if he is, um, absolutely, I would love to take a swing on him and uh, and draft him and, and see what you can do because then you're adding a lot of size and length to your front court. And I think the name of the game, and uh, this is you know something that I've gotten in conversations with assistant coaches, is lineup versatility. If you can have Barrett, who's six 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 seven, now you have AJ Griffin, who's six six. You have Cam Reddish, who's six eight. This is exactly what you need to do when you're trying to deploy different lineups and make yourself difficult to guard. And on the other end of uh, the court, um, be able to switch and guard multiple positions. So Griffin fits that bill. Um, I don't think he's a great defender. I don't think he's bad either. He certainly has the physical tools to be pretty solid. I don't think the lateral quickness is amazing, but uh, he's willing, right? Like, it, like the the effort seems to be there. And if he's a learner, you know, I think Tibbs can do a lot with him. So, I, dude, I, I would definitely be in on AJ Griffin. I mean, you're just speaking John's language right there. John, you talk about having versatility, guarding wise, big bodies on the court. Speaking John's language. Yo, wingspan. We got wings there. We got a bunch of guard, two-way guards, two-way forwards. I mean, it's perfect. But 
you rang a huge bell in my brain when you said Cam Reddish. I like completely forget <laughs> that he's on the team sometimes. And we traded a first round pick for him. So when you talk, you know, I, I know we're, we kind of moved past Ivy, but if we're talking like a couple picks, Cam Reddish, you know what I mean? Maybe a guard, like not, you know, like maybe Burks, you know, and, and keeping quickly. Like now we're talking, you know what I mean? Now, you know, because Ivy and IQ on one team, that's what I need. I just hate the subtraction. You know what I mean? And then like hope that the addition is a slightly better. It just doesn't work for me. But before you, you know, we're, we're not sure if AJ Griffin's going to make it to 11. Before I ask you who you think is going to make it to 11, the, the, the next guy on the trade block right now that we, we haven't mentioned on this show. I don't think at all is D'Angelo Russell. Oh, He's on Lord. the block right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering if you think he solves any problems for the Knicks, right? I don't, I don't necessarily think it's trading the 11th pick. I'm sure that Minnesota wants the 11th pick, you know, or whoever's first round pick. But do you think that D'Angelo Russell fixes any problems for the Knicks? Who are you talking to? Me or Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get Jeff. Let's get Jeff first. Man, D'Lo is an interesting player. Speaking of uh, my my awesome co-host and good friend Chip Murphy, I know Chip has a soft spot for <laughs> Russell. Um, listen, I D'Angelo Russell is really interesting to me. Um, an enigma. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is what I would say about him, right? I think what he brings you is shot creation. He brings you playmaking. It's not elite playmaking, but it's it's pretty good. But the thing with D'Lo, and I think the Timberwolves are eventually going to run into this problem too, is in order for the team to be really good with him on it, I think that you have to build it in such a way, like he's not an easy fit. And I'm not saying that, in a way that makes him sound like a selfish player, because I I don't think he necessarily is. I don't think he took shots away from Anthony Edwards, right? Anthony Edwards still had a great Nobody could take anything from Anthony Edwards. Right, right, (laughs) right. By the way, he was... Not even Wancho Hernan Gomez. (laughs) And if you haven't seen Hustle, you you should definitely check it out, because he was amazing in it. But, um, yeah, I just feel like you need to build a team in such a way where every piece really complements what he does or doesn't do. Um, so if he comes to the Knicks, I kind of see him in the same way. I don't, I don't see him being like a seamless fit, especially with Randall. I, I, I feel like Randall already needs the ball so much. We know that if Randall is going to continue to be on the roster and be a focal point, he's at his best when he's running, when he's in transition, um, and driving. And, you know, D'Lo, I haven't, I'll be honest with you, I haven't looked at his spot up shooting numbers in a while. I don't, I don't feel that they're great. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like the, the mix and the chemistry is murky at best. So I, I wouldn't be on board with a D'Lo trade, but if you could, if you could tell me that we could get him for, you know, not necessarily trading a lot away and, and now it's kind of like a value thing, I can maybe be on board with it. But I think it just creates more issues with how you build the team. Definitely agree with you on building the team. The thing about D'Lo, obviously, you know, score, he could be a passer. I think the thing with D'Lo, and we've seen this in the two playoff series that I've watched him in with one, the Brooklyn Nets, and then now with the Minnesota Timberwolves, is that he kind of gets a little shaken in the playoffs, and his decision-making is is questionable. Regular season, D'Lo is fine. Uh, it's more so about playoffs. For me, when I look at D'Angelo Russell, yeah. that that's that's where I'm like, 
eh. And watching him in these past playoffs, I th- that's why I think the Timberwolves are open to trading him is because yeah. they look at him and they're like, we can rely more on Pat Bev than we can rely more on uh, I D-Lo. wouldn't say Pat Bev, but... <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, I'm just, yeah. not, not, not scoring-wise. Sheesh, not scoring-wise. But, <laughs> like, more of a consistent tone setter. Like, something, like, he could set... He could set the table better than what D'Lo did, and that's not it's not a high bar, but that, that's sure. essentially what they're saying. So, yeah. and, and they want to get Anthony Edwards and Carl uh, uh, Carl Anthony Towns more time on the rock. So, I think that's why I want to be. Depends on what you trade for D'Lo. I'm not for D'Lo. I'm not heavily against D'Lo, but as Jeff pointed out, the fit, especially on this team, would be very, 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 very interesting, especially with Emmanuel quickly by his side. If you believe in quickly's playing playing shots and want to keep make sure that quickly gets uh, his shots up because you know they're going to overlap at some point. You got Randall, you got RJ, guys who want to make sure to get their shot, and that's the thing about Deal. He's not a pass first guy; he's a score first guy. So that's three guys that now need to score once again, and we saw what that happened with Kemba Walker and Deal doesn't play defense. So I'm not saying we like the Kemba Walker situation. But it'd be it'd be a little muddy uh, offensively. How are you so, feeling about it though, John? It's just funny because every single guy you guys mentioned, I just keep like in my brain just keeps ringing a bell. Like, oh yes, I can't wait to trade him. Like Kemba, like uh, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff mentioned uh, Randall. Like, is this finally the time that the Kings get Randall? Right? They give me the four pick. Like, Randall, oh my god, <laughs> like, like Randall in the eleven, like, Randall you know, and Sabonis on the same team. <laughs> What's that locker room like? <laughs> <laughs> like I just like I, I don't know. I'm just really excited about that. But I'm let's stop daydreaming. Let's stop you know hocus pocus making trades for the Knicks because it never works out. We got you know the Knicks fan TV draft guy here. Right? Sheesh, what mood are you in? It never works out. This is. Dude, a- I mean, come on. We talk about Knicks <laughs> trades. How, how long do we talk about Knicks trades, man? We, the Knicks have traded for every single poverty franchise. <laughs> We traded for because this is the time. Rangers, where, oh my god, the Rangers really put a number on you, bro. Dude, it was t- uh, forty-five seconds left. We were about to be on three zero. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough right now. But if yo, you're watching the YouTube channel, you can see a little bit of sadness in John's uh, but, in John's dude, face. You know what it is right now, man. We've every single player has been traded to the Knicks, and then once Donovan Mitchell goes to Miami, it's going to be like, oh my okay, god. Okay, now, now this fan. is where I'm going to end this podcast if I have to hear Donovan Mitchell going to Miami. This is That's what I'm saying. It's going to be how, how much the Knicks failed. It, and, and I'm just sick of it. I don't want to hear like when Jaden Ivey does well. Oh my God. The Knicks were, should have traded for him. Like I, I don't need to hear that in my life. I just want to hear some realistic choices that are actually going to make it to number 11. So we all don't like go on fire on, on, on Knicks Twitter on draft day. Like that, that's where I'm at right now. I just need some like keep adding some pieces. Like fill the roster. And I, I want to know who's going to be available. And, and that's why, that's why Jeff is here to just. Enlighten us a little bit. So, Jeff, who you got us for us at 11 right now? I forgot. That was my cue. I should have been a little more smoother with that. Come on, Jeff. <laughs> all right. So I, I got three guys for you. Um, it's most likely that all of us have heard these names before. I'm going to count them down three, two, one. So I'm going to start off with Ohio State's Malachi Branham, 6'5", 6'10", wingspan, 19 years old on draft night. Um, really efficient in the mid range. His pull up looks effortless. You know, all of his makes look like really, really smooth. The shot is very pure. Um, the other NBA translatable skill that I see there is, um, he's got a really elite touch, you know, whether it's the push shot or the floater, 
there's something about it, you know, when he gets into the paint, even if he has a defender um, in front of him, you know, he can kind of get that off in a way. And it just shows you that he's, he's got something. If the pull-up shot isn't there, then he can kind of go to. The swing skill for him is really going to be driving and finishing at the rim. He started to do it, I would say, middle of the season towards the end. But his drives are kind of like a straight line, um, very similar to Jabari Smith. So there's not a lot of wiggle there. And for a guard, the other thing that I would say is, is um, something that kind of gets me hung up about him. He doesn't get to the line a lot. He got there about, I think, 3.8 times per game. Um, and you really want a guy, if they're not going to be an elite lead shooter, which I'm not sure that he is going to be, um, you want him to be able to – kind of draw contact more and be able to kind of uh, get to the rim in a more efficient way. So he's, he's the guy that I have at uh, number three. You guys want me to go two, two and one or talk about Malachi for a little bit? I mean, we could talk about Malachi for a little bit and then uh, get on to the, the next two guys. So for Malachi and I like, I really wasn't that high on Malachi Brandon, but the more I, I, I learn about him, I'm starting to become a little bit more intrigued. I think the thing for me is when we think about, guarding multiple positions he he's a little bit on i feel like on the smaller side when it comes to like uh, a shooting guard i mean you can correct me if i'm wrong i think i saw the listing how is like six five and i think yeah you know guard i hear about the the chris middleton comps mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that but and don't get me wrong love those comps but is is that the switchable defender that we're looking for that can guard you know one two three and potent and some fours like that that's that's my question. So, what do you think about that for for Brandon? Yeah, he, he's not there yet. You know, uh, defense is definitely going to be um, an area where he needs to improve. I think, you know, the physical tools are there. He's not like extremely laterally quick, but he does have good length. Um, you know, being aware, you know, understanding scheme. I think are going to be, you know, for any rookie, let's be honest, it's going to be a steep learning curve in the NBA. But I do think with him, it's going to be kind of, um, you know, a little obvious in the beginning that that teams are probably going to try and go at him a little bit. Um, you know, but I think he could. He, I think he the, the other two guys that I have ahead of him, I think, are further along in that area. Um so that's why I have Branham a little bit lower and also because it doesn't get to the rim as much as I would like him to. Um, but I think he can be a good player. I, I also think he could be a little bit of a reach at 11. You know, I think a guy mm-hmm. like Malachi Branham, honestly, I see him coming off the board maybe around like the 15 to 18 range. Like mm-hmm. I, I could see some other guys selected before him. And, and if I'm being 100% honest, I agree with his decision to stay in the draft because at the end of the day, he's going to be a top 20 pick and he's going to get a multi-million dollar contract and start his life. And that's amazing. That's great. That's life-changing money. Um, but but you're in a better really, position. You're in a better position that way. Like he's going to be on a better team, you know, the, the, the farther he goes. So he's actually going to have a better career than if he lands on, you know, I won't, say Knicks. I won't say, I won't say Knicks because I'll upset Alex. We'll, we'll call it Washington. <laughs> well, no, but what I would say is, though, I would have been interested if he had gone back to Ohio State for his sophomore year, um, maybe worked on, 
some of the weakness areas, you know, those parts of his game. I think it could have been interesting to see what 2023 looks like, but I think he's going to be a solid player for sure. Do you think he's a little redundant to like Quentin Grimes with his skill set? I don't, I don't don't think, (laughs) I don't think he's redundant. Um, you know, I think – I don't know, man. I, I, I like Quinn Grimes, especially – This is a Quinn Grimes podcast. <laughs> I, liked, I, liked I, him before the, I liked him before the Knicks picked him, and I, I thought he really came on, um, especially when Tibbs started to give him minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Branham has the ability – he has not necessarily shown it consistently, but he has the ability to drive and create his own shot a little bit more. Uh, I like his length and size a little bit more than Quentin. Quentin Quentin's body type is a little bit more compact, um, you know. But he, I think he gets the most out of himself. He does things on the court sometimes, both defensively and offensively, where I'm like, oh, whoa. But that makes sense to me too, because if you remember pre-draft, the Knicks were kind of high on him because at the combine he started tearing shit up, and he was essentially showing people. In the, the biggest moment when the lights were brightest, he was like, I'm here to play. Um, and you find that with a lot of Houston guys, it seems uh, to be the case. But, yeah, man, I, I don't I don't think they would be redundant. Um, but, you know, I think the Knicks – Brandon just doesn't seem like a guy. Like, I feel like the Knicks would, would really take um, a shot on. I feel like there's just some areas where I feel like um, – the learning curve would maybe be a little too steep and they would mm. want some maybe someone maybe a little further along in those areas, especially defensively. My question, like when I think about him and John, tell me if you've been thinking about this too, is that if you draft someone like Brandon, it's all right. So now you have, what's just, what's, what's, what's just use everyone on the roster. All right. And we know Kemba's going to be out of here. Say we don't get a point guard. Say you got Rose and quickly playing point guard. One starting one's coming off the bench. Doesn't really matter. You got Quentin Grimes in that rotation, and Evan Fournier is still on this team. Where is he playing? You know what I mean? Like, this is where, for me, when I start look, when I hear it, it's like, like I'm starting to like him more as a player, and I'm open to the Knicks drafting him as a player. But this is where I'm like, I want someone switchable who I know is going to get playing time. So when I think of like a Johnny Davis, it's like, oh, okay, I know he can get playing time because if, if let's just say we move Burks. There's there's an opening right there at the three. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that's easy. Do you see Brandon playing the three? Do you think he can't play the three? Oh, um, he's an off ball too, man. Yeah, I would say his frame is a little too slight for that. I don't know if he can if he can really guard those guys that are six seven, six eight. Um, I think I think you're looking at a project in that area. If that's if that's the goal for him eventually. Okay. Okay. Let's keep it moving, man. Who do you got for who do you got uh next on your realistic selections over here? All right, for we rec- got for the record, yeah. just for the record, I do think he's gonna end up e- e- like either one of the Hornets picks or a bit of really cool mm. if he just stays in, in Cleveland. Like because he's a Cleveland guy. Like oh, that'd be really that. nice. Could definitely see that. Yeah, him and Cleveland coming off the bench is very realistic. Him and Charlotte is also very realistic. That's yeah. not that, a nice fit. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's worked out both places. So uh, I do think both those teams are are probably looking at him. Um, all right, the next guy, number two on my list here, is LSU's Tari Eason. 
There we go. Um, <laughs> this guy is talking about switchable guys. Chris, <laughs> yeah, talking about Chris P, man. Chris, <laughs> this is like his day. Yeah. Now, Tar Eason, listen, he's very impressive. Um, this is what I would say about him. I mean, like, the measurables are wild. You got Kawhi Leonard size hands. Um, I think only second to him. Wingspan is crazy. Really good height for for a forward. I would say his most NBA translatable skill is his defense and his athleticism. Um, he ranked, I believe, third in the nation in box plus minus, and it was it was fourteen point eight, fourth in the country in uh, defensive box plus minus, like. He jumps passing lanes like nobody's business. Uh, I remember one highlight. They were playing Alabama. I think it was towards the end of the game. He blocked a three-point attempt from Keon Ellis and just drove to the under, other end of the floor. And I think it was the go-ahead layup in the game that ended up uh, pushing them over the top. But um, the reason I mentioned the, the 14.8 um, mark of the box plus minus, if you look back historically – I want to say in the last five or six seasons, any player that has finished, I want to say 15 is the mark, box plus minus, you got a pretty good chance of being like not just a, well, I would say at the very least an NBA rotational player. Um, And I think two guys that jump off, I can't name them all, but Zion and Brandon Clark uh, were guys that that had that mark at least, or maybe it might have even been 14. Batari, Batari is right there. The only thing that concerns me about Tari, and it actually came recently, uh, David Aldridge came out with an article for The Athletic, and he essentially just canvassed all the teams. What are they hearing? What are they talking about? And, you know, some of the rumors that came out said that the coaching staff at LSU was a little worried about Tari's ability to kind of uh, comprehend some of the defensive schematic schemes and mm. stuff like that. And they essentially told him, just let it loose. Just do whatever you feel is right. Play off your instincts. Then it ended up being a good thing. I have no idea how true that is. When I watched him on the court, I saw a smart I didn't see a player who didn't look like he knew where he was supposed to be. I, I felt quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, these are NBA reports. So I'm, I'm taking it in and I'm listening mm-hmm. to it as such. Of course. Um, but I think, I think this kid, and the other thing that I think is actually really underrated about him is his passing and his handle. If you watch him for a six, eight dude, he, he can handle, like he can shake you. He's got some dribble counters in his bag. Um, pretty impressive. So, yeah, Tari Eason is is a guy that if we came away with the 11th pick with him, I'd be pretty pumped about that. I'm starting to get pretty pumped about hearing him and just his his measurables, his ability just to play on defense, being a switchable defender. Hearing him, hearing when I was on KFTV, uh, we had Barlow on, just hearing how he could just rip apart fours. That is something... You know that'd be a lot of fun. Him and Obi out in the out in the open court together. Your boy Obi Toppin, who Jeff came on this podcast too, and had Obi as his number one guy for the eighth pick. By the way, just throw, <laughs> just throwing that out there. This is true. So Jeff, so Jeff knows what he's talking about. Jeff was high on Obi from from the get go. Um, 
And everyone was like, dude, you're a fool. He, he has no, uh, whatever it is, low center of gravity. Hits too high. Hits too high. <laughs> they can't move. And now everyone's like, oh, when is Obi going to start over Julius Randle? But, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Shade. I love it. Jeff yeah, Shade. Yeah. Nah, but sorry, Tari Eason, man. I'd be, I'd be stoked if the Knicks got him. Uh, when you say, like, when you talk about David Aldridge's report, it's kind of sounding to me, might be a coach being like, I don't want you to go to a bad team, man. So I'm going to say this so that way you drop a little bit so you can go to a good team. Dude, that, it could be. You know, like, I, I, I feel like coaches, it's really weird for a coach to talk down on a player. Um, like very, like I listened to your podcast, uh, before when it was Hoops Addicts Anonymous. And now while you got you and Chipper back at it again. And, you know, I listened to the coaches talking. I'm like, they don't really knock their own players. They, they will say everything. They'll talk about things they need to work on, but they're going to highlight the stuff that they do. They're, it's not negative. You yeah. know, saying that someone doesn't understand defensive schem- schematics, that's a negative. Like that's no, not that that is not something like oh he can grow out and learn and it, no that is a negative I feel like there's something there like t- tinfoil hat for me uh, I'm taking John's tinfoil hat for this one they want him to drop <laughs> that's what that's what's trying to happen over here could be could be how do you, how do you feel about Easton John I, I completely agree with Jeff is I I, I want to take the NBA report you know because it's Aldridge and you know and take it for fact. But when I watch him, I saw something completely different. He played all the defensive positions. He had the ball in his hands. He was able to cut to the rim. He gets to the free throw line. Yeah. That, that, that's the number one, that's a the number fun. one thing about him, honestly. Like when I watch LSU, he gets to the free throw line. He slows down the game. He gets that over. You know what I mean? Like I, that, that's the one thing I know about him. He controls the pace. I, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I guess I have to have a tinfoil hat too. I just don't know where it's pointing me to. <laughs> like, I, I agree. Usually <laughs> coaches are, you know, positive. It's, it's a weird thing. And especially because it's not what I see with my eyes. I'd be hyped with Eason, man. I, that would be good. That's another wing. Like AJ Griffin and Eason, like the, though they fulfill the same spot for me and I'm down. Who are your top three at home? Before we, we get a Jeff's number one guy, who's your top three guy so far, John? I think it, I think. Well, realistically, I I'm, I can't put Ivy one right. Uh, is that against the rules? No, 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 no. no. Let's, let's keep let's keep it like uh, I think if we all said yes, Jaden Ivy is like we would love to get Jaden Ivy. But like realistically, at with the eleventh pick, who 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 are your top three? So I, I guess I'll go Eason number one, just because I think that's the actual realistic pick that we're gonna get. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll go with him one. Am I allowed to go AJ Griffin? You can go like, AJ is, Griffin. Is he, okay, so like those those are my one A one B. Like if I if we get one of those two, I'm okay with it. And then for three, if it's just because like I don't it's we're kind of like in NFL draft territory where everybody is going in the top ten now. Like we have I think like seventeen players. Yeah, now, everyone's so. going to top. Uh, someone's <laughs> going to drop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as I always say. <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't really like know what to do there. However, if we get Mathurin, I'm going to be hyped, man. He's just, Ooh, he's just, he's just, yes. he's, a, he's a baller, dude. He's just an yes. absolute baller. Like if, if we have him on the team, I, I can't be upset. You know what I mean? So like that, that's like, that, that's my bar. So I would go Griffin one, Easton two, and, uh, my boy Benedict three, honestly, he's such a baller. Like I would just love to watch you talking about. 
you know, you want to watch Easton and Obi. I want to watch Maduran and RJ. Like oh, that'd that be should, sick. That should be like a, a real basketball team. <laughs> you know what I mean? So no, it is. They, they would complement each other very well. For me, you know, Johnny Davis is my guy. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Davis, Mathurin, AJ Griffin. Those are my top three. I do like Easton. Easton's up there. Easton's, he's, he's definitely my top five. Definitely my top five. Um, but all right, Jeff, pull back the curtain, man. Who's your number one? I'll give you my number one, but also real quick, I'll just throw one other guy in there. You guys said someone will drop a guy who I think is going to drop. And I'm putting myself out on a limb here because I, I think I don't think anyone thinks he's going to drop out of the top fourteen, but I think it could happen. I would say Shaden Sharp, man. I would say Shaden Sharp dropping. Wow. Dropping see, like I don't see. Ball. See, I I feel like that's a Kings pick right there. That is such a Kings pick. They need a wing. They they're trying to make the playoffs. You want to talk about high upside, high risk, high reward? Yeah. They got a playoff mandate. Yeah. Yeah. They got to trade the pick to go get somebody, or they're going to take a. Like who, 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 who are they choosing uh, with the four? I I think the thing for me is uh, everything I've read is if you're going to pick sharp, it's got to be an organization that has a, an established front office where you're not afraid. You're you're not uh, worried about job security. So a lot of these teams, they might have GMs or coaching staffs that have been in there for one or two years, whatever it is. I don't think they're going to take a chance on Sharp. You could say maybe the Cavs, okay, because Kobe Altman just got an extension. But, I mean, okay, maybe what, the Spurs? Um, Uh, The back end? Maybe the Thunder with their second pick in the lottery? Um, but I don't, I do it. I think he's going to drop. It's just such a big risk. I just, you're, you're basing your entire thing off EYBL and high school tape and, you know, whatever workout you have. And hope. I I think you hit it with the, with the second pick for the Thunder. I think, I think he's going to go right there. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Let me give you my number one guys, Alex, this is Alex's guy. So I'm just going to put it out there. Um, Mr. Wisconsin, Johnny Davis himself. Uh, I love this dude. Um, Three-star recruit out of high school, 166 in the country. Same recruiting class as Kate Cunningham. I think, um, I think this guy is really good, man. You know, he made his mark on the college landscape really in about six games between December and January, dropped 20 or more in each contest. He dropped 37 points against the Houston Cougars. Guys, the Houston Cougars were an amazing defensive team this year. Jamal Sneed, Tajay Moore, they had guys that get after you and make it extremely uncomfortable for you to conduct offense, which is why they made it so far in the tournament. And Johnny Davis had his way with them. Um, he bested Jaden Ivey in a one-on-one matchup where he made it really hard um, for him to get around. He takes on the challenge of guarding the other guy's best player. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, the inefficiency, the shooting numbers and whatnot. This dude had a 30-point-something <laughs> usage percentage, and he was a top-five rebounder in the Big Ten. He carried not just the biggest weight, but every weight for the, the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, and he just did a ton for them, man. I, I love his footwork, his ability to get his shot off. I even asked Derek Murray for basketball news. I said, listen, are you worried about his ability to get his shot off at the next level? He's not the best athlete. He said, no, not even remotely. 
Um, I'm all in on Johnny Davis, and I think he would be fantastic in orange and blue. Oh, my God. He sounds like a Nick, man. He just sounds like a Nick. He, he would win the Knicks fan crowd. He would win Knicks fans' hearts instantly, playing offense and defense, being yeah. that guy to go create his own shot. Yo, if he get, literally if he, preaching to Alex. It's so oh funny. my god! Just see his face lighting up with. Oh man, bro, you know John. John already knows how much I love Johnny Davis. Wisconsin was out of the tournament. I was like, John, how's Johnny Davis doing? He's like, he's, the Wisconsin Badgers are out, bro. I was like, so is Johnny Davis moving on to the next round? He's like, they're out. <laughs> they're out. <laughs> I mean, I, I, he he was the whole team. I get it. I like him. I, 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 I wouldn't mind him. Like he he Johnny Davis is really good. The question I have for you, Alex, is does he solve the problems for the Knicks? Uh, I don't think anyone that we're going to be drafting at 11 really solves a problem, solves the problem, but uh, they just add something to this team. The thing I like about Johnny Davis is that he legit shouldered a massive like load at Wisconsin and he was still able to be productive Pause. and carry the team. Okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't have a really good word saying this. And I'm already here. We're going to finish it. Pause. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tough. But it's tough out here. It's tough out here, John. You already know. But like watching him play, it's like, how can you not get excited as a Knicks fan if he be, if he's like mocked to the Knicks because defense? All right, he's gonna be a dog. He's gonna do all those things. Fine. I think he would complement RJ pretty well. He wouldn't be playing the three. He'd be playing the two. He'd be he's on the smaller side, right? And you'd have to put RJ at the three. So if you think about going against the Boston Celtics, it'd be RJ versus Tatum. Johnny versus Brown, which honestly, if that's a duo going against each other, that sounds amazing. That sounds like primetime basketball. Like, what's your, what's your top three for the top, Knicks? Top three, what for for the eleventh pick right now? John Davis number one. Uh, you and Jeff. See, this is this is tough for me. This is really tough for me, and I and I, I and I've said this before. Like, I love Johnny Davis. <laughs> I would love already to get off, already get off the bandwagon. Ah. No, 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 no. It's tough because I can see the argument for like Mathurin, who's a better fit. Because I'm going to ask Jeff this question right now. Since we haven't, since he played with, since he carried the team, legit didn't have anyone to help him. Do you think he can transfer and being like an off-ball player? Could he play next to someone like R.J. Barrett? Because if he could do all those things, he's easily number one for me. Like, absolutely. If he can't, that's where I'm like, for fit-wise, I could see Mathurin, I could see A.J. Griffin, and then I put Johnny Davis at three. But if he can't play off ball, if he doesn't need the rock in his hand the entire time, which I can see that argument saying, if he has players that can help, yeah, you'd be fine with it. But that's where I'm like, that's where it's like, I really like Johnny Davis, but is he a good fit for this team? Yeah, I mean, like, comparing those two skills – uh, Matherin would be better off ball, but I think Johnny Davis can absolutely do it. You know, um, I think, um, you know, it's like, you're saying it, I'm basically saying he can do it without having the evidence, you know, because his shooting numbers were poor. I mean, they weren't poor, but they're inefficient, right? There's a reason for that. I think, um, I just think with NBA spacing, I think he'll be a little bit better, a little bit more efficient. And honestly, I was thinking about this today before you guys had me on. I kind of feel, and their games are not super similar, especially in college, because Johnny Davis, even though his numbers weren't great, he can shoot. But I remember 
Colin Sexton when he was coming out of Alabama. You're talking about another guy that I really wanted the next year draft. Okay. John, <laughs> Jeff's on a roll. <laughs> I, I remember a lot of people were like, I don't know how he's going to do in the NBA. Like, you know, he does a lot of things well. Okay. Defense is his calling card, but offensively, how is he going to do? But Sexton just outworks everyone. You know, he has a maniacal work ethic and at least from what I feel from watching him, Johnny Davis has a, he's got a killer instinct in him. He's got a toughness that I think is really going to resonate with the city when they see him play. Like he kind of has that. I don't want to say alpha dog mentality, but he, you know, I, I really think that whatever role he's put in, he's going to succeed in. And then I think sky's the limit. I'm not one of these people that think his potential is limited. Um, and the reason I would feel strongly about that is mainly because of how much he had to do in Wisconsin. Um, but, you know, we'll see. All right. All right. Johnny, you got any, question, any more questions on uh, Johnny Davis or, or are we set? I'm all set. He's my honorable mention. So I'm, I'm, I, he, like, he's my number four. And Thank I, you. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you deflect to Jeff. I need your top three right now, man. I need your top three in order. All right, in order. In order. What do you got? Well, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm stick to. You have I'm Jeff's. To my guns. You have mine. You know, we're not gonna let you get away with it. I'm gonna. St- I'm gonna stick to my guns. Johnny Davis is gonna be number one. I'm gonna put AJ Griffin at number two. Benedict Mathurin at number three. Just because I. Just because, as as Chris Persiani said on the last episode. This is a draft where I'm willing to take a, a a swing on upside, and if AJ Griffin's there, I'll, I'll take the swing on massive upside. Also, it's from my hometown, so that too. I know you got that bias. <laughs> I feel you. Stephanak. Whoa, 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 whoa! White Points. Oh, okay. okay. Stop that. I went to White Points High School. All right, played football there. We have a rivalry with Stepanak. Uh, no, just Shout White Points. Jordan Griffith. <laughs> Shout out to Jordan Griffith. <laughs> went to White Points High School with him. <laughs> Uh, Jeff, let me ask you this. I, 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 we, I don't know if it's group think that we all have the same three out of four players and we've all talked about our first round pick, you know, everywhere, right? All our, all the platforms, all the podcasts, all the readings. But let me ask you about the Knicks second round pick. Like, is there anyone on your mind that you, you, that you're staring at? Because at the end of the day, I feel like our second round picks or the second pick that we made in the past couple of drafts are the actual difference makers for the Knicks. So are there any guys that you have your eye on? I mean, I have a ton. Um, I'll, I'll just name a few here. The only one, and I've been, I'm telling you, man, I've been researching this so hard to see who the Knicks have worked out and yes. met with. Um, so in the back end of the draft, the only guy that I've seen, no, not the only, let me not say that, but the only guy with, I think some upside, although he had a Horrible, horrible year at UCLA, and his shooting numbers were very poor. Peyton Watson um, out of UCLA, six foot eight with a seven foot wingspan. He'll be nineteen. Um, of course, at the back end of this draft is you know where you want to take a swing. Two other guys that I love, and I mean love, are Andrew Nemhard from Gonzaga, who I thought was an absolute maestro in the pick and roll with Drew Timmy this year, and um, Tevin Brown from Murray state. Uh, this guy is a very talented shot maker. He is one of three players in D one history to ever record 353 pointers, 400 assists, 600 rebounds 
and 150 steals uh, during their career. He's a little bit on the older side, um, but uh, he is a guy that I, I think could could be a steal at the back end of the draft that you look back on and, and you say he probably should have went a little higher. Okay. So is that generally just for the Knicks or is that just in the NBA draft in, in general? Like Those are for the Knicks. It's, it's, it's really both. I think all, what I say, three? I said three of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Peyton Watson might be the only one that gets drafted before 42. Um, and maybe Andrew, Andrew Nemhar, but I think Tevin Brown should be there. Um, but yeah, those are, those are guys. And, and honestly, Peyton Watson is not really a dude that I love. Uh, if you take him again, I'm just kind of reading tea leaves like the Knicks. They seem to have wanted to work out with him early, um, which may mean something, may mean nothing at all, but he's got good measurables. Um, I think this was his sophomore year. I think the, the year previous, he played a little bit better, but, um, you know, he can, he can drive and, and get to the rim and play make a little bit, but the shot needs uh, quite a bit of help. Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask you this one. How about Rollins? What do you think about Rollins? I fucking love Ryan Rollins. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, he will not be there, um, for 42. Uh, he, I could, he, I think his range is, 20 to 25 and uh dude he is he is a i think he can be he's very young talk to the assistant coach um from toledo as well and uh he he just is extremely crafty like he's got these step throughs he doesn't look really fast with the ball in his hand but he still gets to wherever he wants to go mm-hmm. his shot is just smooth man like you watch him on the court and honestly and again I'm not saying they're the same type of player. <laughs> Please don't quote me on this. But I remember watching Curry at Davidson and where you had to know where he was at all times. And it was almost like the defense was scared of what he was going to do. That's kind of what I felt like sometimes watching Ryan Rollins. Because at any point, you know, he could play make for somebody else or he could drive to the hoop and make his own shot or he could step back and hit a three. And there's really nothing that he can't do. He's also a pretty good rebounder uh, for his position as well. Ryan Rollins, man, is is somebody that I think is uh, going to make some GM look pretty smart. Do you think he? So, like, you think he's going to be a twenties pick? Because yeah, yeah, okay. I would say I think twenty to twenty five is is my range for him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes a little higher. I don't know. Really? Well, wow. I, my thing is this: I. I don't know what he's been doing in terms of workouts and interviews, if he's been impressing people or, or whatever, because the more rumors you start to hear that, that drives people up. You know, I remember, Oh my God, who was, uh, I mean, even Obi, the year Obi got picked, there were, there were some people that were down on the, the physical tools, the hip flexibility, whatever it was. Right. But then when interview season started to come, um, people were very impressed and they felt like that drove him up. And it makes sense because, uh, and of course, Alex, you know this, but I've, I've listened to all those David Zenon, um, Knicks fan TV interviews where he says, listen, this kid knew every defensive coverage on the tape and he knew exactly what he was supposed to hit. 
and when he was supposed to, you know, when they were going to hedge here and when he could dive to the rim or whatever. So I'm sure Obi probably showed that on some of his interviews and GMs were like, oh shit, you know, like he could be good. So I don't know what's happening with Ryan in that sense, but I mean, I, I'm not saying he can be special, but, but he's got enough talent at a young age where there is a team that should take a chance on him and be like, yo, let's, let's see what we have here. Okay. I like it. You know, no, go ahead. Say, what say? No, no, I was just going to say, I was going to say my guy. So if you, before, before you move topic, cause I have, you have, that's your guy that you've been waiting on in the second round. And I don't know if it's more second round. They're kind of like hoping for, uh, you know, undrafted signing, but I just love Travis Etienne, man. Like co- the co- co-player of the year with mm. Grimes, another Wichita state guy. I don't know if I just like Wichita state guys at this point, but they, do, do you think he's going to get drafted? I'll be honest. I haven't seen a ton of Travis Etienne, but um, I would say this, you know, guys from those mid-major programs, I feel like I, they can always sneak into the back end a little bit. And I, I'll also be honest. I don't know how he's been doing. I know the Knicks worked him out, I believe, but um, in the combine and whatnot, and if he's been kind of showing out there, because I feel like all the guys that have, we've kind of heard of a little bit and that it's, that's been moving them up a little bit, but um, there's no shame at all. Even if he doesn't, if he goes yeah. to the league nice. and lights it up there, we've seen, you know, a decent amount of players come up and have a real impact. Who's that guy on the heat right now? Um, Gabe, or he's not playing right now, but Gabe uh, Henson? Was, yeah, dude. I mean, come on. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but that's been happening. So. Yeah, it's a fact. Well, appreciate your draft knowledge, Jeff, but we got, uh, we got a surprise question for you before we Uh-oh. ask you about some NBA finals. All right. You are a Knicks fan, so we need to know what is your wish list offseason for the New York Knicks? <laughs> a little bit of a loaded question. You guys are killing me. Um, <laughs> my wish list offseason. You don't have to explain. You just go, you just go, you just knock them straight out. We got questions we can pinpoint some of them, but you could just knock them out on the list. <laughs> All right. I want to draft Johnny Davis. All right. Um, and who else? Got two picks, man. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Tevin Brown. I, okay. I, I I like that dude. I'll go. Johnny Davis. Tevin Brown. I want to. Boy, I feel like you have to talk about Mitch. Um, I would like to, if possible, sign Mitch to a decent sized contract. Um. All right, all right. And then I would also like to I just I, I just don't want to lose him for nothing. For nothing. Um I do think that that matters. And the other thing is this. If we're going to bring in two players in this draft, the hard conversation becomes we've got to consolidate some of the young guys and send them out. Somebody has to go. Somebody, it just has to happen. Yeah. Um so honestly, man, like it's got to be Sims. It's got to be. You're moving Sims? Yo, I'm moving Sims, man. I'm moving Good Sims. Lord. 
I know. You know I, I feel like I would fight to move Noel to the death before moving. Simmons. Well, listen, if I can, but he, he didn't play last year. Uh, it's gonna be hard. I mean, I don't know what team. And don't get me wrong. At least the contract is not cheap. bad. Yeah, cheap. But I mean, he didn't play. So I, I you know, if if you're telling me there's a deal out there where he can be moved, oh, listen, I'm on. I'm on board with that. Um, Here's here's one hot take I'll give you guys. Uh, this will probably two hot takes from Jeff on one pod. <laughs> no, no we're trading up. We're trading IQ for will, Ivy. Will, Let's see where this goes. All right, this will probably set off a, a little bit of a firestorm conversation. But I I promise you, I'm not doing this for shock value. I've thought a lot about this. You guys know that prior to drafting him, I was a massive Obi Toppin fan. Oh my god. Um, I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I'm what of the panda? We're sorry. We're sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> You're about to get chirped in our. I'm conference. not gonna lie. I think it really might be time to start thinking about what. Where is his trade value? What can we potentially? If Julius Randall is still going to be here, if Julius Randall isn't going anywhere, I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I think we really need to start to think about what we can get for Obi Toppin. What I mean, what type of what type of player can he be paired with? Can he be consolidated with young guys? Like, who are we really investing in? Because based on the tea leaves that I'm looking at, we traded a first-round pick for Cam Reddish. It doesn't seem like Tibbs wanted to play him or maybe he didn't show out in practice, whatever it is. But I do think that because of the position that he plays and the skill set that he has, regardless of what Tibbs wants, I do think Cam Reddish is going to be featured this year because I think that's going to happen. There's just not enough minutes to go around for everyone. And I think I, I, I have to really be honest with myself. I love Obi Toppin and I think he's a great kid, but what do I think is his ceiling? It's, it's really hard for me to picture a world in which he can create a shot for himself. It's really hard for me to picture a world in which he's, doing anything more at like an above average NBA level besides running the court, um, you know, finding, finding open pockets in the court, you know, here and there. And, and I, I do think he'll become a better shooter. I don't think he's going to have 24 percentage, you know, three point percentage. I, I do think he'll become a better shooter, but honestly, man, like I, I, I do think we got to start having that conversation a little bit. I mean, I agree that one of them has to go. That's a fact. Yeah. But this is very, (laughs) yeah, I hope it's not Obi either. And this is very tough to hear from you, Jeff, which is why we're never allowing you back on here again since you talked so bad about Obi. (laughs) 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 No, I understand the conversation though, but, and it makes sense. Like if you're going to invest in Randall, then you can't keep Obi. Like that just doesn't make, like I agree 100% to that. But here's Um, the thing. I don't, I don't think, listen, I know, you know, we all were frustrated with Julius Randle this year. But if you told me, if you're like, Jeff, what do you really think? I don't think he's going anywhere, man. I don't think, I think that they, I think that Leon Rose and Tibbs are fully invested in making sure that Julius Randle, I'm not saying that they want him to be the best player on this team long-term, but I think they're fully invested in him being one of the best players on this team. See, it's tough for me to buy that because if he is trying to be one of the best players on this team, then playing like one of the best players on this team means sharing the rock. And he Agreed. hasn't really, sh- he, I mean, he got, he got five, six assists, but 
He wasn't really sharing the rock like that. He forced a lot of shots. It wasn't efficient, high usage. We all been there, done that. We're not having the Julius Randle uh, debacle debate. I don't really <laughs> want to get him down that road. This has been a very pleasant podcast, so let's keep it that way. But, all right, so you're, you're, you're thinking about that. Are Burks, I'm going to run through a couple other options for you. Is D-Rose staying? Uh, are you moving Burks? Um, well, listen, I'm, I'm with CP on this. I'm Alex Burke, Burks Hive forever. I, I think, I think Alex Burks, I think Alec Burks got a tremendous amount of slander this year completely unfairly. I know, I know that most smart Nick fans know that they were upset with him because he was being played out of position and he was asked to do a lot. But Alec Burks, man, is a really good player. I think he does a lot for us, and I love his contract. I don't want Alec Burks going anywhere unless it's part of a deal that can net us, you know, a star. Uh, I think he's going to be part of a move to get us maybe another, I don't know, maybe a draft asset or, or something like that, or or, or or a useful player. That's why I he honestly he is outside of the young guys the most valuable player on the right contract. Like, yeah, legit sure. for his value. For like, sure. you're. Uh, uh, like Macker wrote an article about guys being slightly overpaid. Burks is slightly underpaid for what yes. he has to do. <laughs> he, he plays every position. Yes, he you, is. You ask him anything. To, he is truly Mr. Utility man. He ain't great at every position, but he, he does what he's asked to. So I like Burks. I think he's going to get moved. Um, all right. All right. Do you want, do you want, I'll ask you this last one, and then we'll get on to the NBA uh, finals. Who's your point guard going for the New York Knicks next season? Starting point guard. Um, I mean, you Jane know, Ivy. <laughs> that would be great. No, I'm I'm down. I'm listen. I'm I'm in the IQ camp in the sense that I right. would like to see you know what he has. Okay. All right. And there you have it. That's the, this is Jeff's uh, wish. List offseason for the New York Knicks. All right. Last topic. So we got so we can actually go watch these NBA finals. Um NBA finals. What do you guys think? This is now, as John pointed out, this is now a, a best of two game series. Three. Uh you're right, best of three. I mean, you got one, two out of three. Sorry, sorry. My my English is not so good today. <laughs> uh what, what has Thoughts changed about anything? Like, what are your overall thoughts about the playoffs? Jeff, like, I'll, I'll start off with you. Dude, I picked the Warriors from the beginning of the postseason. I put a nice little bet on them. And uh, it will, I believe it will pay out when they win this series. I, I think, you know, I like, I like Boston's team. I think that they have, you know, uh, great size and length. But I think the best player on either team is still Steph Curry. And I still think when you have the best player on either team, that's going to give you an edge. And I just don't foresee Steph losing because it would be two out of three at home, correct? Yes. It would, yeah. This team is in Golden State and then game seven would be Golden State. Yeah, I, I just I can't see. Well, no, I mean, they could win. The two, like the game in Golden State and the game in Boston, right? I guess, I guess, I don't see him losing tonight. Um, and then I could see it going to a game seven. Um, and in which case, I definitely am fully on the Warriors there. 
I, uh, yeah, I, I see the Warriors definitely winning this series. All right. So John, are you still, you're still on team. You're still with the Celtics thinking that they're going to win. Not that you're happy about that choice, but you still think they're going to win. I, I just think it's going to be Celtics in seven. Unfortunately, like I, I'm not happy about it at all, but I, I just think it's going to be Celtics in seven. Okay. Okay. Do you get, and Jeff, you brought up an interesting topic. I want to get your opinion on this, John. Do you think, cause the Celtics have, I think the best, the better team overall, like overall more better players. Yes. Yes. Do you agree with Jeff's point that if you have the best player, and it seems like you're not, but if you have the best player on you your team, win. you should win the series. I mean, I agree. Steph Curry's obviously the best player on the court without question. Sometimes Tatum is not even the best player on his whole team. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what, I mean, Jalen Brown's knocking on that door right now. <laughs> exactly. So I, it, it's, it's obvious. Like Steph Curry's the best player by a landslide and he should win the NBA finals. That's what players like him do and Steph Curry he he if Steph Curry wins this NBA finals gets the MVP doing what he's doing he's gonna like he's going to now be top point guard like the conversation completely shifts from the best shooter to the best point guard just like just from that because the only thing you could say about Steph is he doesn't have an NBA finals MVP and then the second thing you say about him is his staff is always unbelievably amazing but the truth is, this year they stink. Draymond Green literally stinks. Uh, yes. Like Clay Thompson, <clears throat> excuse me, Clay Thompson is inconsistent at best. Gary Payton was undrafted. Jordan Poole has a quarter when he's at home. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have a squad. And so KD's obviously gone. Iguodala is not even a real player. I mean, it's literally Steph Curry versus Boston. So if, if he does it, man. What about I Wiggins? Really he does. Huh? Wiggins. Wiggins been showing up. Dude, Wiggins, I don't know where he, did he go to rebounding school, dude? I don't know Yo, he's been killing what the has boards. happened in the playoffs. Yo, he's Wiggins been killing is the boards. Was, but, oh, so so by the way, I was listening to a pod about that. So apparently Kerr has figured out how to tap into Wiggins. And right. he has to make sure that he gives Wiggins a role that he can succeed at, like a responsibility, so that he's just not washed, which was kind of the issue out in Minnesota is that a Wiggins. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like Wiggins didn't like feel like he had a responsibility. He was just trying to figure out who he was. Kerr's like, look, while you're out there, your job is to rebound and do this. And so he's kind of given him a purpose. And it seems like Wiggins really thrives on having a purpose, whatever that in that role is. And so he's been doing it. But, yo, it's been Curry and Wiggins so far. Wooney, when he's out there, he's been playing well. I'll give I'll give a. Uh, I know you and I disagree on Jordan uh, Jordan Poole, so it's all good. Apparently, I disagree with the whole world. Apparently, I'm the only guy who doesn't think that Jordan Poole is the next coming of Michael Jordan. But well, no I one am. said no one said I'm, that he's I'm, next I'm coming Michael Jordan. On no this. one said he's the next coming Michael Jordan. Or <laughs> no. Okay, kids. Here we go, splash. Jeff. Jeff, could yeah. you just be the arbit? Kid splash. Kids. Jordan Poole is kid splash. You're comparing him to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, like. That makes me want to throw up, literally. Like, Clay Thompson and Steph had nobody with them when they were doing what they're doing. Jordan Poole can get some threes, right? He hits one half quarter. I, it was a sick three. I, I agree. Like, it was sick, but he's just Jordan Clarkson. He's just Jordan Clarkson playing with Steph Curry. Like, I don't understand why nobody sees that, but Jeff, but can you break that- this tiebreaker? Cause Greg is also all over. If you're listening to Winning Picks Weekly, Chip, Whoa. Greg, everybody in my life right now, my friends, everybody's telling me that I'm an idiot. Jordan Poole's the man. I just don't see it. Like, 
But yeah, it, it depends on what we're um, saying that he can be. Because what I would say this to John's point, and I, I, you guys probably know uh, more than me. I, how many years has Poole been in the league? Is this his Three. third, or third year? Uh, this is the third year. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's completely unprecedented. Like, I think there have been some guys that, um, okay, it took them three years to make that jump. But I think the the jump that he's making is even crazier because it's not like he was in the starting lineup previously. It's like he went from being a bench kind of afterthought guy to starting in favor of Steph in the playoffs. So to he also John, started 53 well, games this season too. Like he started 50 plus games oh, this so, season too. All right. All right. Well then he started, I mean, that's a decent amount. So he did, so he did have a decent sample size. So, I mean, but here's the thing. I would actually probably lean a little closer to John and, and say that he's Jordan Clarkson as opposed to. Kids Like a, that drives me nuts. No, I but you see, what it is, man. Hold, like, I think, I think you're taking it old. Too far with I like I think I'm using the term actually kid splash as what it means is that he's not a splash brother he is legitimately he's below that he's below that he's their he's their step cousin twice removed that you only see every other holiday right oh that's just haterade that's just Come on now. He, 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 he shot thirty nine percent on seven attempts. Listen, he's it's good. Not, it's at, not, he's good at home. That's not small for, volume. For that's a, a lot of volume. I would. I, I mean, that's probably. I would lie closer to like. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that we're talking about. Oh, he's he's up for. No, you know, he will never carry. No, 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 no. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, he's. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that we're like, oh. Where he's up for a one hundred and fifty million dollar, two hundred million dollar contract. I but I do think, you know, you get him on the books for you know, fifty, sixty, you know, what 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 would you say is accurate for him? I don't even know if you get him for four years for for eighty. Four, four years, years eighty. 80 exactly. So now four hundred. I, I think either one of those two, like if you do five years a hundred, four years eighty, I think that's that's Jordan Poole. Like, and I'm not yeah. saying he's going to be this next coming. I think John is actually right. I think he is closer to Jordan Clarkson than he'll ever be to Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. But I like the kid splash thing because that's all, that's all yeah, I need. I don't, I don't, dis- I don't disagree yeah. with you that. Yeah. I like the kid splash because I think he is like three wise. Like he can knock him down at a high rate. Sure. And I think that, uh, he's going to scrub. I think, and I think that is why he's called kid splash. Like, yo, you knock it down at a high rate, but that's the only thing you really do. You're not defensively like Clay. You're not. The, this, uh, playmaker like Steph when he wants to be. And you don't, like, I, there's just so many things that he doesn't do like that. So I, I, I enjoy the, the kid stuff. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think he is co- closer to Jordan Clarkson. I think he's better than Jordan Clarkson, if, but if Steph Curry's I think he's not closer there, to that. But if Steph Curry's not there, Jordan no, he's not, is, is not even, is, is not, not even close to Jordan Clarkson. You know what I mean? So that, that, that that's, just, that's just how I view it. So I just, I, I know that Greg disagrees, but I, I think Steph Curry's an elite point guard. I know he's deficient on offense, on defense, but he. Makes I would even say I wouldn't even say that right now. He's been guarding Marcus Smart pretty well this series. Yeah, but they move I, him around. They hide him in the corner. I don't think they. I don't think they really hide him like that much in the series. And like watching, like from what I see, like. But they, they, are they even guarding Marcus Smart? Are they like, yo, you can shoot, and you're gonna miss? No, but that's what I'm saying. Down. Like, but like, look, Marcus Smart was shooting some threes last game, but Steph was doing his job like trying to stay in front of him. Like, I, I'll give him that. He wasn't like. Cause we've seen Steph like truly been hidden. He's not, he can't, like, he can't hide. Like, who, who, if you have, he has to guard Marcus Smart. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're not like, all right, man, we're going to hide you. Not on Jalen, not on Jason. 
Not on Horford. Definitely not Rob Williams. It's only like Derek White and like Marcus Smart that he can guard. But I don't know, man. I agree with I agree with this. I like this conversation. Uh, so we still got. I'm still think I'm still leaning Warriors in this in seven. Um, I'm st- I think it's. I hope Steph Curry wins MVP, man. I'm dying for it. I need it, man. I need I need this Steph Curry slander to be stopped, man. I think there's too many <laughs> Steph haters out there. I agree. And uh, they because they like a certain player that rhymes with uh, Ebron. <laughs> Rebron Rames. Rebron Rames. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's why I need Steph Curry to do it, man. And yo, that that game four performance was I never seen. He really put the team on his back that one. Yep. He really put the team on his back on that one. But yo, Jeff, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you for giving your insight. Please let the listeners know where they can find you. Uh any work that you got coming up, let the listeners know. Always. Um absolute pleasure talking with you guys tonight. Um really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, anyone can always find me on Twitter rambling about, um, Nick's craft beer and whatever comes up. Hot wings. Hot wings. <laughs> yeah. You can catch my reviews that nobody wants to hear, but I will. How dare you? Off. I've been reading those. I do want yeah. to hear those. Look, man, I'm looking for good <laughs> hot wing spots too. All right. <laughs> but, it, but it's, um, Jeff underscore boy underscore RD on Twitter. Um, you can find, you know, most of my writing on Nick's fan TV or daily Nick's at fan sided. Once again, guys, the the pleasure is mine, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you, Jeff, and thank you for our listeners for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Etc. podcast. You know what to do if you haven't done so. Please make sure to subscribe. We're on all audio listening platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, leave a comment. We'll read it. We appreciate it. All the above. We're also partnering with Minute Media and Fansided, so you can find this podcast on the interwebs over at the Daily Knicks and the Jet Press. So make sure to go check it out over there if you don't want to download the podcast and use a lot of that phone battery. I understand, okay? I totally understand. I've done it quite some times when I want to go listen to the podcast. I go to the web website, go listen, because guess what? Put the headphones in. Don't want to waste the phone. I'm on 10% battery. I got to go commute. I need it. I get you. I feel you. But also, we're available on YouTube as well, so make sure to type in Knicks, Jets, etc., find the page subscribe hit that notification bell that way you know when a new episode drops when you watch a video hit the like button leave a comment add to the conversation and while you're over there we got another podcast that's also partnered with minute media winning picks weekly john video producer greg co-host and our guy chip murphy and that's a collective with jeff here co-host and our guy chip murphy chip you're getting a lot of love on the show these guys will bet on anything so if you need to put money down on the line and it's a sport. These guys got you covered. Go go listen to their takes. As you heard John say, Chip was all over the Canadian Open. I don't even know how Chip is on top of all this stuff. But Chip, kudos to you, bro. Kudos mm-hmm. to the to the to, to kudos to all the guys for the amount of work that they put in the spreadsheets that these guys do to keep track of everything. Insane. These guys are putting the time and the effort. So make sure to go check them out. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast. We out. Let's go, Knicks, baby. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. 
They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.